Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conor Nesla, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Absolutely. Well, the paper today we're going to discuss, the title is Topic Mining of Real-Time Discussions, What Catches the Attention of Live Streaming Esports Viewers. It has been published in the European Sport Management Quarterly and from two authors, Wen Shuang and Jaja Fan, and they are from the University of Michigan in the United States. I mean, I have selected this paper, actually. For me, it was really interesting, the general idea behind this. It's like, it's a demand paper, basically. So they are telling that there are potential differences between the demand for traditional sports and the esports. They make that point saying about esports is a fast-growing industry, moves a lot of money, but they still provide some nice arguments saying that there's no geographic constraint, so basically people can watch it all over the world. There are le much less opportunity costs when comparing to traditional sports. You don't need, I mean, there are a lot less. And one nice point that they say as well is like simultaneously people can see through different devices. So you can be watching two, three different games that is quite traditional for this type of audience in esports. So what I like very much is that they make a very strong case about the kind of data that they are using here. They say about the advantage of what they call user-generated content So as the title mentioned, it's like they want to understand what people were talking or actually writing while watching these games and how much it influenced the demand. So the general idea of this paper is to examine the demand for eSport games and understanding to which extent these comments of the viewers shape the demand for these games. So I guess it's Carlos. Can you tell us how they did this? It is me. Thank you for the intro, Tadeo. And I also like the idea of the paper. You said it's another demand paper, but they use demand for attention, as you said, which is quite cool. And I think it's quite relevant from now on. Well, the authors use, they say, Python to crack the website and get a lot of comments during live streaming matches of these two pro leaks. I don't know if you mentioned the leaks, Tadeo, but they are talking about two different leagues. One is the King Pro League and the other one is Crossfire Pro League. So the games are a little bit too different. I think one is more strategy and the other one is more like first person shooter and they're professional games. And they do crack a lot of comments. So for the Kings Pro League matches, they have 126 matches and they crack more than 1 million comments. So, wow. And for the Crossfire Pro League, they had like about 100 games and they have more than 200,000 comments. So, a lot of comments. And they also gather some data at the match level and the player level, like a statistics to understand how this demand, for example, may change depending on the type of game, on the type of player, and they even have data on the commentators. That is also interesting. Now, with all these comments, so they try to identify or categorize fans. They want to see if the people commenting are truly fans or not. They do this, they call digital ethnography. I don't know much about this, but it's just a method to categorize these people commenting by observing their behavior, their interactions, and searching for some keywords. 
And then they also use this natural language processing algorithm to analyze the comments and try to identify key topics. So for this, they have a pile of different words. Then they define 10 topics. For the 10 topics, I think the most relevant or the most recurrent are excitement, knowledge, and skill. So people talk or comment a lot more about these three things than about the others. And then what they do, they run several regression analysis. They try to understand determinants of attention for these 10 different topics. Here they include things like measures of consumer preferences, for example, if they are fans or they're not, how many followers the teams have, if the commentator is a female or male. Then they also have much specific demand factors like the rank difference between the teams that are competing to try to see the influence, if they are top players, the type of match. And then they also include some information about the temporal trends or temporal factors. Now, Corner, what are the results of the author? What are the key results? So this is something that I really like when we're doing this podcast because I can select. If I'm a reviewer, an editor, if I write a paper, I cannot select the results. I have to talk about all the results. But here, the results are really, really extensive. So I can just select what I like. But before I want to talk about this, I remembered something that makes this paper even more interesting. Because when Tadeo selected it, I read about it. And it reminded me a bit about the paper we had last year, where we had the social media engagement in the WNBA. Uh, from Pigoraro et al. So they were interested in exactly this stuff, but they didn't have this kind of nice data already available there to get all this data. And this shows to me that, okay, we have eSports now that normally is a little behind in a few things, but regarding data availability and how much you can, let's say, communicate with your fans, it is actually a tiny step further because you can see all those comments and it's so much easier. I mean, as a football spectator, you would have to go into the stadium and then record what everyone is saying. So it's so much more complicated. And here, this is not the case. So this is why I really like this paper as well. But I'm going to give you some general results that I like. So first of all, the authors differentiate between fans and let's say general observers and it's a lot more general observers for both leagues than its fans so uh, they find that for the cfpl it's four times as many general observers and for the kpl it's almost five times as many observers and there's another thing that if you look at the data you find that fans comment far more often so on average for one match it's above 20 comments for fans and this is super interesting as well so there's one general result that i really liked because it goes back to let's say sports results as well and that is they find that the ranking differences between the teams if they get closer then people talk more about the players within the teams so suppose you have in traditional sports, you have Real Madrid playing against a second division team from Germany. Okay, no one is going to talk about the players in the second division German team and also not Real, you know. There are other things you're interested about. But suppose Real Madrid is playing against a better team, let's say Chelsea, Manchester United, Barcelona. Then maybe, so that was my intuition, people are more going to talk about the players again. Okay, so as the ranking differences between the two teams decreases, Fans are more talking about the players and this stuff. But 
in general, fans talk a lot more about players and teams compared to general observers. General observers, they prefer different topics, but fans are more concentrated on that. Yeah, Carlos. This makes sense to me, this result, and I like it because thinking about what I do might be also the case. Because I'm chatting, I don't post anything online, but sometimes I watch sports and I chat with my friends in WhatsApp. And when the game is really close or tight or interesting, we are talking a lot about the game itself, you know, the players, just what they find. And when the game is not so interesting, maybe there is one thing that is really better than the other, then we start talking about a lot of things around the game itself, not about what's happening. So that makes sense. And I think this happens a lot. Yeah, I think so too. And there's another thing that maybe reminds you of your own history, or let's say your own experience regarding watching traditional sports. And they find that regarding the comments, that commentators' popularity And the gender of the commentator influenced the results. And for me, I can totally connect with that result. I remember that they used to have a German commentator that when I heard his voice, I couldn't even follow anymore because I was so annoyed. So I couldn't watch the match like I would usually watch a match because, I mean, seriously, this has an influence. And that is what they find here as well. Is this the same for you? I have the feeling there are a lot of cultural differences regarding commentators and what people like about commentators because in some countries I've realized they don't talk too much so they don't raise their voice too much and in other countries they do and people do like it, right? So in Spain, commentators of sports, they usually are very active, passionate, they scream and they wouldn't stop talking and people kind of liked it and in other countries I've realized That is the opposite. And I also like what you mentioned about the gender of the commentator, because we don't have to forget that we are talking about eSports, and this is also a setting where women are underrepresented in some positions, and it's a traditional masculine setting. So it's also interesting to try to link their results to the gender perspective here. Yeah, I completely agree. And now I have the last results, so that I would like to mention, not, not that I like the results, but I think it is interesting. And that is, they find that the people that comment on those esports games that they focus on different topics depending on the stage of match so again i tried because i'm not a very active esports consumer i try to compare that with my own experience and that is suppose something was interesting before the game started so let's say the nationality of the players or the history and then in the first couple of minutes As a consumer, you would still talk about that, you know, because it's the topic, something you've had before. But this might evolve throughout the whole game because then something else comes up. You see something that's more interesting or maybe the match is boring. So then you focus on something else. But it intuitively made sense to me that some topics, other esports topic or non-esports related topics are not as constantly present throughout the whole match so that this stuff evolves. So that was really interesting to me. Okay, I think we have discussed the whole paper. Colonel, Tadeu, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly Sports Fees. Stay tuned.